Phase Zero Season 3, Episode 42 starts now. I know last week I said 42, but it was actually 41. Today's the real 42. Welcome to the program. I'm Brandon Davis, joined today by Jamie Jirak. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Top of the morning to you, West Coaster. <laughs> Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody. We got Aaron Breen. Happy to be unraveling the mysteries of the universe with you, BD. I'm, I feel like, you know, today's show is going to be a fun show. Last week's episode... We had we had news, which yeah. we haven't really had that much news in a minute. But last week was a chunky episode. And this week's going to be a fun one. It's also going to be a sad one. We're going to talk about Tony Stark, the GOAT of all time. Uh, that would be the greatest of all time. Of all time. That doesn't make any sense. But uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about that. We have we do have plenty of news. Daniel Radcliffe is spewing lies. Deadpool 3, the Marvel's box office. X-Men 3, this story about X-Men 3 is insane. The greatest Lego Marvel leak of all time. And a Loki season 2 theory. Uh, that we're going to have to talk about uh, in today's show. First, I want to uh, shout out real quick one of our listeners who I don't believe is able to watch live today, Mike Hudock. Mike's been with us every episode since since uh, our first episode on January fifteenth, twenty twenty one. Mike and his family are celebrating today, so I want to I want to thank Mike for listening. Also, I just want to shout out everybody who listens to the show. I, I'm sure you guys have experienced this as well. I, I don't respond to messages, but I get a lot of messages that I will sometimes read. And I'll see people who are like, just have been listening to this show for three years now. And it means a lot. So I want to thank everybody who's listening. And we've been allowed us into your life and your family, your house, your car, wherever you listen to us. I think that is so cool. I think it's kind of crazy. I think it's like, it's still a weird concept to me that there are so many people out there who know us and know our takes on Marvel and know the things we like and enjoy. And they get to share that with us. Uh, and enjoy the debates and the and the and the chaos and the chunk of it all, but it's. I just want to thank everybody, and I want to congratulate Mike. So, do you, I mean, I'm sure you guys have experienced that as well. I'm sure you guys get messages or stuff like that, and I think it's awesome. Absolutely, it feels weird every single time to be like, oh, we're not just doing this in a bubble. Like there are people <laughs> actively enjoying it, and yeah, every single time it's such a nice thing to hear. We're not getting paid to just talk to each other with no one listening after all. That's <laughs> but crazy. I would do that. I would yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I would, I would, I, 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 I want us to hang out again. I want to get all four of us together. We haven't done an in-person episode since Comic-Con 22. That was 22, right? Or was that 21? 22. Yeah, 22. God, we need to get the gang together for an episode. I'm trying to figure out a way to make that happen. I also want to thank our listeners and our, our viewers uh, because two weeks in a row, we have broken our record for the year for the most uh, first day, first single day downloads. So that's been awesome. We've been doing these Loki bonus episodes on Thursday nights, which I've been having a lot of fun with. We're doing another one tomorrow night. You better be there, everybody. Thank you for watching live. Thank you for listening in podcast form. Uh, it's been a ton of fun. But the fun stops now. Everybody <laughs> get very serious here. Yesterday, it was Tony Stark Memorial Day. Mm -mm 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 -mm. I hope everybody had a cheeseburger in recognition of the goat. And the day before that was Natasha Romanoff Memorial Day. I was going to say, because Nat is nowhere in our notes. And I, if we were going to go the entire show just eulogizing Tony and not Nat, I was definitely going to put my foot down. We would have been but just like felt, It would have been accurate. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, exactly. It would have been accurate to the universe, but not to our show. Like we would yes. have needed to have acknowledged Nat. Yeah, we would have really fallen off if we did that. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh God! Uh, no. no, I, I, uh, yeah, no. Yesterday was Tony Stark, the day in MCU canon that Tony Stark snapped his fingers. I was watching the news last night. It was crazy. It said uh, battle at Avengers HQ. It's just this rubble. It was all this crazy stuff happening. It was just live on the news. In canon, October seventeenth, twenty twenty three, is the day the battle at a, a Avengers HQ happened. The portals opened. All that stuff. Which actually, we have a really interesting interview. Uh, with Loki director from episode two, Dan DeLue, who did the VFX and second unit on that. And he talked about how that scene was almost different. Highly recommend checking that out on the Phase Zero YouTube channel. He, it was a very insightful interview. It was so awesome that I immediately was like, I'm, I reached out to the publicist and I was like, can we get Dan on Phase Zero? So fingers crossed, sometimes that doesn't work out. Um, but also that means the day before was the day that Natasha, you know, took a tumble off of Vormir and got the Soul Stone, which is now a paperweight to the TVA, which is, just mind bot TVA looked at that and they said, We're not, we don't, we don't see anything. <laughs> we could, you know, we could do, we could just give her this soul stone. No, 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 that'd be crazy. Let it let them jump. Uh, uh, uh. they're a nicer organization than Shield. <laughs> We're starting that fight again. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 do you think that, um, Mar the, the people in the universe of Marvel are celebrating Halloween this year, or is it a little too soon? 
did things are like things too chaotic or kids still trick-or-treating in a couple I think, weeks I think there now. are some people like the people who didn't get blipped are probably totally doing it and I don't know I'm sure there's probably like discourse online about whether or not it's like the right thing to do and I'm sure <laughs> yeah. they're like the the very Halloween people who like make it their personality are still wanting to do it anyway probably. you can only have a 12-foot skeleton if it's dressed like Captain America or Iron Man there you go <laughs> Iron Man, that's really offensive. (laughs) Do you know how insane of a day October 17th would have been with everybody reappearing? Mm -hmm. The drama? The people who moved on in the same house? That's the thing that always frustrates me that we haven't like dove into since then. It was just all of the nitty gritty of like, what if you got, you know, what if you remarried or what if you don't live in your home anymore or just like so many logistical things that I wish we could touch on because it's just. I I love that May says she blipped back into her house and somebody else was there. I do like that because I because I feel the same way. I want more of that. That's what I want to give. Give me an MCU reality show talking about the. (laughs) The relationship drama after people got unblipped. I was just oh. gonna say, you need to have J. Jonah Jameson hosting some sort of Moria life, <laughs> like and debating, like, oh man, so you got in a relationship, but now we're bringing out the mistress. So there's three of you on stage. She says she's music. only gone one minute. He says she was gone five years. <laughs> Daily Bugle is investigating. Get me pictures of this blipped man. I'm sorry. That it's not a show if it's not a bad impression. Uh, okay, but I did want to like. Uh, it's crazy to me that Iron Man, Natasha, and all the. First of all, it's crazy to me. I I I think I've said this before, but it is insane to me that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is like. You know what? Steve Rogers, Natasha Romanoff, Tony Stark. Get rid of them all at the same time. Get rid of them all at the same time. We're good. We're good. We. I do think we all still sorely miss those characters. Uh, whether you miss one of them or you miss all of them, and in my case, I miss all of them. But I do miss Iron Man the most. I'm not here to lie about it. It's been a, it has been a different ride without them, uh, and it's been good. But I miss those characters very much. I, 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 I'm not saying bring them back for Iron Man four necessarily, but it is just a different world without those characters to talk about and think about when you're going to see them again. And I sobbed because I knew that was the end of the road when Tony Stark died. So I wanted to go. Like, do you guys remember watching this movie for the first time? Because I want to hear everybody's story about watching Avengers Endgame, where you watched it, what it was like, what you thought of the movie at the time, and how it holds up for you now. Um, I saw it when I was living in New York. I saw it with my friend Brett and I sobbed and then I saw it a total of five times in theaters and I sobbed every single time. The word cheeseburger, it was, that's did it for me each time. Um, I cried like, like, you know, a little less each time, but I, I do remember crying every single time I saw it and, uh, I loved it then. I watched it maybe two months ago and I think it's great now. I think it holds up. Aaron, what about you? Uh, we were actually on a like house tour here before we moved here. So I was like, wait, what day are we going to look at houses? No, no, we need like build it into the schedule. This is more important than where we're going to live. So we saw it in San Luis Obispo, I think at the AMC there in the middle of the city. Not a resident, just booked the tickets from way out of state and sat down. I think, you know, we we even had some trouble getting to the theater on time because it was like the most full theater I've ever been in. And seeing the crowd reactions to all the stuff will always ring you through my brain. And it was silent. Like your sleep paralysis demon <laughs> and your interior monologue, hearing them out loud, loudly during the last probably 20 minutes of the movie. Like everybody was just in awe. It was very, very, very wild to see in person. So yeah, I, I think that's, that's what I remember most. I was like, dang, it's really quiet in here. Like, I mean, like you could, you could do anything. Like someone like shift in their chair and everybody's like, shut up, man. Shut up. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I'll never forget that. I I like we went to our local IMAX. It was me, Chris, and his brother. And I don't remember crying. I'm sure I probably did in some way or another. But I also think I'm the type of person who doesn't start crying over a character death until I definitively know it's real. And so it was kind of like the movie's not over yet. Who knows what's going to happen? But I just remember, like Aaron said, the crowd reaction and just especially when Steve picks up the hammer. That was like one of the loudest crowd reactions I've ever heard in my entire life, and it was just so nice. Mm. That that the energy in the theater was un believable i i i was so i remember seeing it. i was incredibly lucky to go to the premiere of endgame which is probably the best day of my life 
Uh, it was just insane. And every, I mean, for the premiere, they didn't just have a, they didn't just have a premiere for this. Like usually you go to these Marvel premieres, they're on Hollywood Boulevard or they're, you know, out there maybe at the Westwood theater. They did this at the LA convention center. They put bleachers in one of the exhibit halls and there were thousands of people there. It was insane. And I, I remember when this was coming up, Warner brothers invited us to Tokyo for Detective Pikachu and Godzilla in one junket. And I said, what are the dates? And I forget what the dates were, but they were the, it was this, you had to be in Tokyo during the Avengers Endgame premiere. And I was like, wow, well, this is the best problem I'm ever gonna have. Like I, but I, unfortunately I can't go to Tokyo. It was the easiest, I can't believe that I ever had to make, like, that's how spoiled this job has made me. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm, to this day, I'm glad I made the choice though to go to the Endgame premiere. And I remember the end of the movie. Like, I remember like Natasha dying it was like, okay, I felt like how Jenna felt where it was like, I don't believe it because the whole point of this movie is bringing everyone back. And I remember going into the movie and being like, well, I could see Captain America dying, but there's no way they're going to kill Iron Man. Mostly because I was like, that character just makes them too much money. So I was like, there's no way they're going to get rid of Robert Downey Jr. And then he died, man. And I was, uh, when I say I, I, I cried. Oh my God. I, I, I was, I brought a, I brought somebody with me and she was like, are you, are you okay? <laughs> like, are you? And I was sobbing like somebody in my family died. Man, that movie was phenomenal. And I also like it just holds up so well. There, I think this is really for. And I don't know how you guys, if you guys will agree with this, but I always hear about people talking about seeing Star Wars in theaters for the first time back in like 1977. And you know, like I remember my mom will talk about her. You know, anybody her age or who was a who was young enough at the time to to, to or old enough at the time to go see star wars in theaters and that's just like a defining cinematic moment for people and for me i really feel like that's avengers endgame i just think there's never going to be another cinematic experience that's going to stand out in my life like avengers endgame did and it, it holds up i think it's just i think it's just oh it's the best it's the best infinity war might be a better movie but endgame was absolutely the best experience ever in my opinion i i gotta say the ending of infinity war mm-hmm. like the theater i was in was something also that's like burned <laughs> into my mind forever yeah. too. Cause nobody knew anything or whatever <laughs> uh, about what was going to happen. So we're in there. There's all these children. That's the one thing that really <laughs> sticks out to me is there's a bunch of strollers, a bunch of like five-year-olds with action figures. And boy, when the stuff hits the fed, the kids was upset. It's like, Watching a bunch of children watch the ending of Bambi or watch it down in real time, <laughs> like watching them get a canon event for themselves that they're never going to forget ever uh, was really, really amazing. But I'm sure Caps Hammer or seeing all three Spider-Men was, is that for some kids, too. But Infinity War ending, man. People mm-hmm. don't people people sleep. I, I, as sad as I was, Iron Man, I'm like, oh, no, that's like so sad. And then Peter really goes up to him and then Pepper's like, all right, kid. <laughs> And we and Rhodey wasn't even there. Oh, well, uh, nah. Nah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I lies to you again. And <laughs> Endgame, Endgame also, as all of us who have watched the MCU from the beginning, and it's been part of our job, literally, like it's become part of our life in, in a really embedded way. I mean, I love the MCU. I've, I've loved it since 2008. I loved Marvel movies before that, long before that. But like, I remember when that, that slate that said 2012 came up, just being so giddy, I was like, oh my God, they're really doing this. Like it felt like the ultimate kind of payoff and reward for being a fan of this. And they did, I thought they did it all so well. Oh man, I, well, I wish I could relive just going to the theater to watch Endgame for the first time over and over again. That is the best experience. Oh, and the, I, I watched the video yesterday of the people um, in the theater reacting to the portal scene. Mm. I, you can't watch that and not get chills. So good. So good. Mm-mm-mm. People <laughs> were asking yesterday, how do we know that oh, uh, yesterday was to add October 17th is the day that the fight happened. Tony Stark died. There's a, there's a couple different ways, actually, um, that this the math has been done by MCU detectives. I'm not one of them. I'm just <laughs> regurgitating the information here. One of them involved like looking at the moon over Wakanda and dis- dis- determining the lunar cycle and what day that was and all that. I stuff. love that one so much. I that is a level of unhinged <laughs> yeah. that I appreciate. Uh, oh, and that's why, 
Yes, there is literally like, like when, when T'Challa and Ramona yeah. and all them are back in Wakanda at the end of Endgame, you see the moon yeah. and the fireworks apparently. Yeah. And people did looked at the lunar cycle for 2023 and said, you know what? If the moon is that size that day in that part of the world, that means that that day is this. Day. So yeah, no, it's hats <laughs> off to those folks who uh, who really bust out the detective goggles. Uh, but also you can look at some details from the film, like obviously Infinity Wars 2018, Endgame's five years later, so it's 2023. You look around, it's the fall, so that's kind of late, you know, based on the trees, that gives you a small window. But then if you go to Spider-Man Far From Home, uh, the blip, which is set in, I'm actually looking at this, it's set in June. Mm-hmm. And then that says, the, that says it's eight months after the blip, so then that puts you back in October. And also you can look at WandaVision, which has a date on it, which has November 10th, uh, as the day that uh, Monica Rambeau was unblipped. And then if you go back, they say that that was three weeks ago in the show on November 10th, which puts you on October 17th. So October 17th is kind of just like the widely accepted fan theory, right? There is no official confirmation of this, but we all just, it's Tony Stark Memorial Day. Um, Nick Valdez, friend of the show, had asked me in Slack yesterday, like how how we got to this date. And when I explained everything that BD just said, he was like, I honestly expected that somebody panned over an endgame and looked at like a, a fridge that had a calendar on it. And that was how nope. we knew the day. And I'm like, if that if only that would be so much easier than the detective work that we've done. You thought Kevin Feige would make it that easy on us? No. The <laughs> simplest of questions, the man won't answer. So nope. it's true. Uh, so yeah, so happy Tony Stark Memorial Day, everybody! Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Natasha. Steve, you 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 took the easy way out, brother. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's let's talk about some MCU news. We got a liar in the mix. Harry Potter is lying. This man, Daniel Radcliffe, the Wolverine rumors caught up to him on the lie detector test on Vanity Fair. I'm not even going to recite what he said. We're just going to play the clip. And uh, we're going to dive in. We're going to determine. We're going to be the lie detectors here. So, Richard, if you if you would, roll that clip for us. You start the Wolverine rumor? No. So you just got buffed for no reason? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I got buffed, you know, yeah, because I, uh, I am obsessive and uh, I, I want to, you know. You've seen my parents. They're like insane fitness people. So that's just been passed on. And, and yeah, but no, no Wolverine. Flattered, but no. It's a Photoshop. <laughs> I I half believe him, honestly. I I both do and don't believe that that was in the back of his mind, but I also believe it might have just been completely coincidental. Nah, Ryan Reynolds fully called that man and said, be Wolverine in another universe for us. I believe he is showing up as Wolverine in Deadpool 3. There are parts of Miracle Workers that require him to be really, really big, but not that big, though. <laughs> like, and he's already lied to you, BD. So why would he stop this game of werewolf? It, it feels like he's he's going to be in it. Y'all wonder why I have trust issues. Because <laughs> of Harry Potter. I think he's lying. You know, what's interesting is if you watch this whole video, they don't. The lie detector man in the video doesn't say they don't cut over to that man and say whether or not he's lying. I think. Uh, Kevin Feige called up Vanity Fair and said, hey, you can roll that part, but don't roll this part. Cut it. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) If you get him and Taylor Swift in this movie, goodness gracious. That's what Layla was saying in the comments. And even then, like all of the rumors and the speculation about the possible cameos we could get in this movie is just a smorgasbord. So I don't know. I I also feel like the Wolverine rumors started so long ago. Like they started before Deadpool 3 was even a thing. So I think like there is probably some truth to what he is saying, just probably not entirely. Or am I the only one here who actually believes he's going to be Wolverine at some point in any universe of it? It's me. I'm alone on this island. All right, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to get my hopes up. I don't want to get my hopes up for any casting decisions. Or like, Mr. Fantastic get shredded, shredded into, you know, chaff. Like, anything's possible. I, You know he, he that Feige hears this stuff. It's, it's fine. Right this this island know. is, this Jamie, island is warm. I'm chilling. I just don't know how I feel about uh, all these fan casts getting cameos. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little icky i don't know to be like oh you wanted it you got it for five seconds uh because the internet asked for it i i don't like the idea of loud people on the internet dictating what happens in the movies i watch um uh, especially like dictate, this. like everything 
Yeah, um, but it's just that I don't want them. I don't want to have Twitter to have creative control over my movies. I just mm-hmm. don't want that. Um, and sometimes it does work out. Fan ca- I do, you know, sometimes fan cast, but a fan cast is different from a fan cast cameo. I don't know. It just feels odd. I wouldn't be mad if he showed up. I love Daniel Radcliffe. He's a very talented boy. He's an adult man. He's the same age as me. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I will also say it's not like he is the sole Wolverine fan cast. It's not like this is a Krasinski situation where we've only like people only wanted Krasinski for the longest time. I feel like there's an equal amount of people who want Taron Edgerton. So I think that's part of why I'm not getting my hopes super high for Radcliffe appearing because it's like there are, mm. there are plenty of options that they could go with if they wanted to do that kind of gratuitous cameo. It's because Taron Edgerton never did a viral interview with me at South by Southwest <laughs> that made its way to the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> That's no, I, we have that clip. We got the clip with Daniel Radcliffe. No, it's not ready for today's show. <laughs> but I did ask him about that. Richard just started I'm, sweating backstage. Richard, <laughs> where's the clip? Uh, no, I, yeah, I do. I, I think Taron Edgerton should be permanent Wolverine. But if there's going to be a cameo Wolverine that gets killed off, you know what? Whatever. Or just in another universe. I don't know. I don't care. Daniel Radcliffe would be a good Wolverine. Both of them would be. But I believe one of them already has been. I said it. And that's fine. We can pull up this tape. What's today? Write it down. October I 18th just, episode of Phase Zero. I think I think Doctor Strange the and the Multiverse of Madness burned us. We thought mm-hmm. so many cameos were going to happen, and now I feel like Deadpool three is doing it again, where we're mm-hmm. going to think all these cameos, and I think what's going to happen is the exact same thing, where all the cameos that we already know about or have really deeply predicted are going to be the only ones we see. So I'm just like temper expectations. Don't that's get fair. you know. That's, that's fair. That's my feeling. My expectation is that he'll be there. I also, uh, I, I, I think Doctor Strange, the cameos in Doctor Strange backfired for sure, in a way. Like, for me, at least. I thought it was cool, but then when they all were wiped within a minute, I was like, what just happened? And I really hope that they still have fallout from that in some way or another. I hope Earth, Earth 838 has some kind of fallout for that. But I don't know if it's going to. In the past, I would have said absolutely the MCU is such it was tightly told enough that any major moment like that would be a factor later. But maybe they maybe Earth 838 goes the way of Justin Hammer. Who knows? Uh, But yeah, I think I've also I've also heard good things about Deadpool 3. I'm hearing Deadpool 3 is shaping up to be as good as we want it to be. So that's good. Uh, but Deadpool 3 might not be released when we want it to be. I was going to say, you say that, but that how much of Deadpool 3 do you even know about? Because Sean Levy did some interviews and he basically said he's not sure if the movie is going to make the May 3rd release date that it currently has. I know we debated about this on the show last week. I I did the math after we recorded last week's show. It's like 200 days or so until that movie is currently scheduled to come out. And with the strikes... And that feels logistically impossible. And so Sean Levy said to the rap, I wish I knew. I don't even know if we have if we officially have a release date. I know we were going to be May 3rd. Uh, Certainly the actor strike and the long pause in production have put that release date at true risk. We've shot half the movie. I've edited half the movie. We're dying to get back to work and get this movie out next year. So whatever speculation we can have about Deadpool 3, we now know there's only half of the movie to even speculate about. So how do we feel about this? I mean, I think that the delay is inevitable. I think Marvel's going to try their hardest to get this thing out there on May 3rd because that's their weekend like we've discussed. But I don't see it happening because the talks blew up and the AMPTP is a bunch of dickheads and they won't pay people. I think uh, they could have they had a better talk and the SAG actors you know, could have kept the talks going. They would have kept the talks going, but AMPTP said no. And they walked out. Uh, pay the people, man. Let the movies get made, or you're you're gonna be, end up being the ones paying for it in the long run. You you said it. Uh, no, no, nothing to follow that with. <laughs> we can end this anytime. You know, it's like I said. You sound like a substitute teacher. It's like it's on y'all. I, we're just sitting here. Bill, not a science guys, right over there in the corner. We could all be free if y'all would just not. Be not do what you're doing. So yeah. I mean, I also like the 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 claim is that it blew up over a negotiate. The negotiations blew up because the actors wanted two percent right of streaming revenue, which is about eight hundred million dollars a year. I personally think AMPTP walked away from that because they literally can't afford to pay that. That's what I think because I think streaming many, already yachts is eight hundred million dollars. BD how what? many communication homes is eight hundred million dollars? That's they, yeah, they can afford it because like. I mean, like, like no, I sorry. No, you're right. Literally, yes, they probably can. 
Like, I'm sure there is money somewhere in these studios, these corporations to pay that. But what I'm saying is, I think streaming is already such a bad idea and it's operating at a loss for so many of these studios that overinvested in this. And the fact that you're seeing things like Best Buy stopping selling physical media and all these other things that are happening, revenue streams are shrinking. And it's their own choices that are doing it. But that doesn't mean you can get away with not paying people for their work. You got to pay these people for what they're doing. And that's it. That's the bottom line. But I mean... $800 million is a lot of money at a time where I think a lot of these studios are like, they're just looking at like, dude, we literally just, we can't do that right now because we will have to sell our vacation homes, whatever the reason. But it's just like, you know what, then don't, then don't be making choices and trying to buy things that you can't afford. I'm sure Aspen is lovely. Come off the bread (laughs) so we can have our movie. (laughs) I will will say back to the Deadpool 3 of it all. I feel like if Marvel doesn't make the May release date for one year, I don't think the world's going to end. I think like they as a brand, as long as like people will watch the movie regardless of whenever it comes out. If we don't get it in that date that they usually have a movie in, I think that they'll probably be fine as an organization. I think they recognize, especially with all the post-production stuff too, that this movie needs to take as long as it possibly can to really be good i was just gonna say aren't they just gonna switch captain america 4 to that anyway if deadpool doesn't make may aren't they just gonna move cap up that could happen we don't know i think that's likely yeah yeah if if cap 4 is far enough along which i'm pretty sure it is they could just swap them i think they just saw there's no denying deadpool 3 is gonna if they were both had all things considered the movies are done there's they're safely properly finished as they want them to be deadpool 3 is going to be the bigger movie i think there's Probably. like I just mm-hmm. think Deadpool three is a, is almost a guaranteed billion, whereas Cat four is going to be a very big movie. But I think Deadpool three is just if you look at the entire slate of Marvel Studios films in the next five years or however so many laid out, I think Deadpool three, aside from maybe the Avengers movies, is hands down the biggest movie they have on the schedule in terms of box office expectations. So I think that they want they always have that movie in that May date, the biggest movie of the year. But Cat four. That's no small potatoes. That's a great May movie. That's a great. Did a Winter Soldier hit that May opening weekend, or was that sure. a July? Or? Yeah. Okay. Well, Cat Four is a big one, but I think Deadpool Three was what they wanted to be the biggest movie of the year, and it might still be just at a different date. Uh, but yeah, hopefully we get something. Hopefully they're able to finish these movies, and the actors are able to get paid. Uh, but all right, guys, we're gonna take a quick minute break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about the Marvels. We're gonna talk about the craziness behind the scenes of X Men Three. And the greatest Lego Marvel set of all time is coming, finally. We'll see you in a moment. Welcome back to Phase Zero. We're talking about the Marvels to start off the second half of the show. So we got the Marvel's box office tracking, not exactly tremendously. So we're 69% behind Guards Galaxy Volume 3. Nice. And uh, 72% behind Quantumania, <laughs> um, which is not ideal. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. My co-host, very, very mature. All of us. <laughs> the picture of maturity. Um, I have a question about this, though. So this is weird. You got this tracking information that we have, but you also have like informal things too, like that Fandango poll from like a month and a half ago that's like, this is the fall's most anticipated movie and the fact that what else is even going to be out that weekend? Because like Hunger Games is like a week and a half after, right? Yeah, it's the week after. It's the week after, okay. So that might be an issue. But first week, I don't see anything else on the schedule, so I don't know what to make of the tracking data slash fan sentiment online. I just want the movie to be good. I feel like that's what helped Guardians more than anything was that the movie was good and people talked about it and that made people go to the theater. So I don't know. What, what does anybody have to say about this? Jamie had had quite the expression, so. I'm just really stressed out about this movie. I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever been so stressed about a Marvel movie ever. And it's because so many awful people want this movie to fail. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. It, and it really, like, it's stressing me out. Yes. Like, not all Marvel movies are perfect. And, like, and and so it's just, like, the, the pressure on this one is so different. And it's just not right. It's not fair. It's really messed up. And it makes me angry. And it, it, it twists my stomach in knots 
Um, and I and I'm excited for this movie. I just want to be excited for it. It's just it's not right. I completely agree. I feel like like again, this is one of the most like highly anticipated things for me, just in the immediate trajectory of the MCU. And yet, I still just like feel this. Just like my stomach's just in knots over everything. I also think because the first Captain Marvel did so well and had the benefit of being a bridge between Infinity War and Endgame, I think the expectations are so much higher. I do not see this movie making a billion. I see it doing very well, but I think we don't need to be holding a lot of these movies up to the billion dollar standard that we had before. But even beyond that, I also think that the like the fact that we don't have a press tour is a huge component of this because I think without general audiences being aware of who Kamala and who Monica are and just of everyone's dynamic with each other and also just people who don't watch the Disney Plus shows or don't have access to Disney Plus don't necessarily understand all of the threads that are being picked up on here so I think that's why this far out of the game they still don't understand why they should be hyped for this I've got a special thing for B1BD let's go some nitty gritty media analysis because BD's been on this on social media pointing out that they've changed how they're marketing this movie, mm -hmm. maybe because of what Jenna just said. Yep. You want to tell the listeners about that, B? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you look at the trailers, and I mean, not only just the trailers, but even the promos that you're seeing as TV spots, this started out as it seemed like a very much a team-up movie with a very kid-friendly tone. And then they leaned into the Carol Danvers of it all, f focused heavily on her. And now they're focusing heavily on the Avengers ties and they're showing mm -hmm. a lot of Endgame footage and stuff like that to really try to market it to the whole MCU audience, which in itself, there's no denying, is not as big as it was when Endgame was coming out. But that is certainly probably, that That to me feels like any movie, they started doing that with, I remember the first Ant-Man movie, they started putting Thor hammers on the posters and stuff like that, Ant-Man standing on a Thor hammer and stuff. I think any movie with that's kind of like the break glass. If this movie is not tracking as well as we think it is, throw in some Avengers ads, make sure people know this is connected to the rest of the heroes they really care about. And let's see more of that. So I think we're seeing a lot of Carol and we're seeing even more Nick Fury in these trailers recently, because I think people realize, well, they, the people in marketing, which have way more information and analysis on this than we ever will, I'm sure. But they're like, okay, hold on. Let's see what people respond to the best. How do we get this out there? Okay, uh, go to the Avengers, go to, you know, go to what we know is our is our is our best chance at, at getting eyeballs, getting interest, and I think the movie's hopefully going to be good. The trailers, I I, I have the trailers haven't been like my my favorite thing. They're not blowing me away. I can't even really tell what exactly the movie's about in a way that's like not just Carol at some point did something to this villain, and now the villain is coming back for revenge. And that's you know what that's that's the case with a lot of trailers though. So whatever, I, I I'm excited for the movie. I can't wait to see Carol, uh, Kamala, especially Kamala and her family. And Monica, the aerospace engineer. Wait, no. Uh, but I, I, I'm excited for this movie. I just hope it's good. And I, like like you guys said, it sucks because there is, it feels like there's so much stacked against this movie in terms of the way people want it to fail. These soft, <laughs> annoying people on social media. And I, I we already talked about this where I said I, I, I in one tweet that I don't think the Marvels is going to make a billion dollars. People started coming at me and saying, you know, I'm, I don't, I want it to fail all this stuff. But like, no. And I also hope, I would like to make one thing clear for everybody. I think this goes without saying, but like on phase zero, we're going to approach this the way we approach every movie. It's it's we're going to go in there. We're going to want to enjoy it. Hopefully we all do. We're going to be honest with our takes and we're going to support the hell out of the film because that's what we do here. We're all very excited for this movie. Uh, but I mean, just the other day I tweeted about that this movie suffering from the press tour and there's so much and it's going to be unfairly and unnecessarily toxic discourse. And there's so much of that already that people are like yelling at me saying that I'm trying to get the movie to fail, I'm rooting for the movie to fail or whatever it is, just because I'm saying something like that. And it's like, no, I get why people feel the need to do that because there's so much of that out there. You wanna throw it at me, that's fine. But I promise you, anybody who listens to Phase Zero, you're not gonna get that here. You're only gonna get us being enthusiastic and honest, and I'm excited for this movie. And can I get uh, resident Phase Zero detective Jenna Anderson to talk about <laughs> the other detail from this trailer where they yes. break the of glass? Yeah, so uh, this is this is the break glass in case of emergency thing. If I had a nickel for every movie that is Captain Marvel related that teased a cameo in its trailers before the movie came out, I would have two nickels at this point because a TV spot uh, was uploaded on Friday, I believe, either it's Thursday done. or Friday. It has started airing on TV. And at the very end of it, you can see Carol is like, I called a friend and you see the Bifrost going, over to Carol's ship. And so this has started speculation of, okay, it's probably an Asgardian. Some people are saying Thor. 
My theory is Valkyrie also because uh, Tessa was in mm-hmm. Naya DaCosta's first movie. So this would be very much a Carol being in Shang-Chi sort of situation. Um, but what do you guys think? Do you think Valkyrie's in this movie? And do you think that we're already blowing the load with it? I didn't know about this until you just said it. I didn't know. <laughs> I'm shocked uh, you didn't know. I'm, oh my gosh. <laughs> I, ah, yes. I want to go to there. <laughs> Valkyrie makes a lot of sense. Valkyrie makes a lot of makes sense. Lot of sense. Oh also, yeah, she does. Uh-huh. I've, I've heard. I've. I'll be honest. I've heard good things about the Marvels already too, and I've heard there's a lot for like MCU and Marvel fans in this one. So I think that people like us are going to really enjoy this movie, and we're going to be like, oh man, I can't wait to. It's going to be a lot of stuff that we're like, I can't wait to see that all pay off later. I think there's going to be a lot of that in this movie, is what. Is minor saying, but I'm hearing also, good things. People in the chat are complaining that this is a spoiler. If you watched football at all on Sunday, you saw this TV spot like five times. So I'm it. sorry. And it, every Taylor Swift fan. There it is. <laughs> if, if it's in a trailer, we're talking about it. It's our job. I also just watch football just every Sunday in uh-huh. general. So I. Uh, Okay. Like, I read it for the articles. <laughs> I read it for the articles. Listen, I have been a miserable Chicago Bears fan for several years now. That has nothing to do with Taylor Swift. Um, I this this TV spot is airing. It is it is like it's already out there. I'm sorry if you wanted to go in completely blind, but like we we were going to talk about it. Yes, if it's in the trailer, it's fair game. It's fair game. Did it, did anyone else notice that Goose is a different cat? Like completely. <laughs> No, because they dropped the goose poster and I didn't I wrote up the posters and I didn't initially clock it. But a side by side of the goose poster from the first movie and this movie, maybe it's just not goose because this cat has like has like a white beard and the original goose didn't. So I I, either either it's a new goose or this Mm -mm. is a new cat on a poster that's not goose because we know we're getting a lot of flirtins. So um, justice for uh, OG goose, I guess. I don't know. That's it. I'm with the boycotters. They recast goose. (laughs) 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 Well, it's also been like, what, 20, 30 years since the first Captain Marvel? What if this is a situation where it's just like Goose 2 or something? It's like, oh, the, the first Goose is in a farm of state and we're just going to get a new yeah. cat and rename it Goose. I don't know. <laughs> Do what Flurkins, if, what is a Flurkin's lifespan? Do they have I the don't same know. as a cat? And I cats Flurkin, can live though. to be like 20 years, you know. What, what, does it say Goose on the poster? I don't think it does. And I, and I, <laughs> when I wrote it up too, I just assumed it was Goose. I wasn't doing a cat check. It's like it's, it's like it's like I'm somebody's I'm somebody's little sister in a sitcom and they replaced my cat and yeah. I didn't notice. What if it's Maverick? What if they renamed him? Oh, that's and cute. recast him. Just oh. name him Chewy. Name him as comic accurate. I think it would have to be Rooster. You you expect comic accuracy? Sometimes. <laughs> Out of your mind. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, well, yeah. So, so I also good comment here to, to wrap up this this the Marvels conversation uh, from Rafael Rodriguez on YouTube. Barbie Oppenheimer also had low projections one month ahead of their releases, and uh, the reviews came out a month. And then mm-hmm. you know, word of mouth factor helped those out. I mean, I do think I, it goes without saying. If this movie gets great reviews, it's going to make more money. It's currently I, the last time I saw the projections, it was like projected to open to 50 to 75 million dollars, mm-hmm. which is not like people are acting like that's a terrible opening in the first place. F- false. That's a pretty solid opening weekend. Obviously, you're going to have the angry people dancing in the streets as if that's some kind of win. If Captain Marvel sequel opens to 65 million dollars, that's pretty good money. Like whatever. Uh, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll cross that bridge when we have to. But I do think that's true. If the Marvels ends up being excellent then that's obviously going to boost the box office. And also, if there are a bunch of Marvel references and Marvel ties and even a cameo from a cool character or even post-credit scenes, all those things are things to consider. And this one does have post-credit scenes. So, uh, surprise. So, we'll <laughs> wait and see and, and see what happens. And then, depending, I think that that's going to be a be a huge factor. But obviously, not having the actors do a press tour is definitely a bummer on this one. It's definitely a bummer, and it's definitely going to eat into that those ticket sales a little bit, inevitably, as it is for every movie. Uh, but all right, that's that's enough of the Marvels for this show. Uh, if you want to talk more about it, send us your tweets. But Jamie, Jamie, this is your moment. Ooh, it's my moment. So Matthew Vaughn did a panel at NYCC, and bless him for it, because I ha- I was writing up articles about what he was saying all weekend. He was dropping so much information. But like the craziest thing was that he he was originally going to direct X Men: The Last Stand X Three, and uh, but he quit because apparently they wrote a fake script for Halle Berry. So I'm gonna it's quote time. Here we go. I'm That's ready. Crazy. 
One of the main reasons I actually quit X3, and it was a true story, and I don't care if I'm not meant to say it, but Hollywood is really political in an odd way. I went into one executive office, and I saw an X3 script, and I immediately knew that it was a lot fatter. I was like, what the hell is this? This draft? Oh, don't worry about it. Like, And I was like, no, no, I'm the director. Uh, and he said, I'm worrying about this draft. Tell me what it is. Wouldn't tell me. So I grabbed it from him. It was a crazy moment, but I grabbed it. Opened the first page and it said, Africa, storm, kids dying, have no water. She creates a thunderstorm and saves all these children. Okay, it's a pretty cool idea. They said it was the Halle Berry script because she hasn't signed up yet. But once she gets what she wants, it, it had to be a it had to be, and she signs up, we'll throw it in the bin. And I was like, wow, you're going to do that to an Oscar-winning actress who plays Storm? I'm out of here. So I quit. That is insane. Also, I want to add that he also said that one of these executives was like, you'll never work in Hollywood again. And then he went on to make <laughs> X-Men First Class, which is hilarious. But does this, like, shock you guys? I, this gives, like, I, my respect for Matthew Vaughn just, like, increased tenfold after this because, like, his response to this whole ordeal is just insane. Like, the fact that he even had to be aware of this is crazy, and the fact that they even did this is wild, but, like, props to him for handling it the way that he did, because this is just uncalled for. I think it's, he's right. How are you going to treat an Oscar-winning, anybody, let alone an Oscar-winning actress like this? I, I, I wish I was more surprised, but I think this kind of stuff happens. Like, I think that studios and executives, maybe low, maybe less so today, but 20 years ago when they were making X3, it's like, damn, for some reason, I'm not surprised. Like, this is just the kind of stuff I think that, I think it is, it's those Hollywood politics, which I think have affected a lot of people. That's, this is crazy. This, this is such a shitty thing to do that uh, I props to Matthew Vaughn, like you said, if it, especially if it was the case where he was like, what I'm out like right there on the spot. You threw, I, I like to picture him taking the staple out, <laughs> taking the paper clip off the thing, throwing every page and they just flew up in the air. And he said, I quit. I'm going to make Kingsman in 15 years. I, this is my live reaction. I didn't read the quote. I didn't see nothing. I was off when oh. Jamie was writing up all the stuff. Phew. That's insane. Mm, but yeah, sadly makes a, a ton of sense and i guess you know it just goes to show too that they do this to halle berry who knows what other stuff was happening to other people behind the scenes mm -hmm. back in not too long ago because we we're like oh yeah 20 years ago eh, it, was, it was already 2000 we was we was still getting down like this that's super frustrating shout out to that guy for holding his principles and doing stuff and then having the last laugh jamie's right and making first class which might be the best of all of them yeah. just maybe you know. I mean, that's impossible. we should find out with a with a ranking soon. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> that was my first X Men thing off the board. If I'm not mistaken, I don't know about anybody else. Jim, uh... <laughs> yeah, the, the replies to Jim's draft were giving me life, <laughs> absolute life. Jim, if you're watching, ha! <laughs> you stink. <laughs> <laughs> we love Jim. Hey, Jim. Jim hosted an awesome panel with Robert Kirkman and Ed Boon at New York mm. Comic Con. So uh, we let him out. We let we let <laughs> yeah. Just the, and that it went well. So that was kind of a dream a dream moment for for Jim there. But yeah, this Halle Berry stuff's crazy, man. That's that's pretty gross that that would happen. Uh, which seems to be kind of an underemphasized choice of words to describe it. Yeah. But mm. I, I honestly though, Matthew Vaughn did dodge a bullet and not directing X three. <laughs> sure did. Whew. But, uh, all right, one more piece of news here. <laughs> this is just the BD show. We're eulogizing Tony Stark, and then we have this. Finally! <laughs> Lego Avengers Tower. It has, it has leaked online. We got the images of it, and I know all about it. I know all about it, baby. Look at this thing. <gasps> That thing is massive. It's taller than the Daily Bugle set. It's a single modular set. It's going to be $525. It's dropping on Black Friday. You guys know how many minifigures are in this thing? So many. 35. Jeez. Wow. Can we acknowledge the one minifigure that is like the most delightful one? There is a Kevin Feige minifigure in this, which just what? is hilarious yes. to me. Today is He's got his little hat and everything. <laughs> Does it come with a Bank of America sign that you can replace over the A? <laughs> <laughs> you need Spirit Halloween. That's the, that's the real thing. 
we finally know who bought Avengers Tower on November 24th. It will be me. <laughs> I am so excited for this thing. This thing, Kevin Feige minifigure, it's got like a Kevin Feige face print and a hat. It actually looks somehow like, Ke like the Kevin Feige minifigure looks more like Kevin Feige than Kevin Feige does. This thing has so many moments from the Infinity Saga for some reason, and I don't care. Scarlet Witch and a couple other characters who were not in the Battle of New York or like that phase one stuff are in this set. Cool. Guess what? Happy to have them. more minifigures for me. It's got Loki riding the Shatari thing. Black, of course, dude, Black Widow is literally falling off the side of the tower in this foot in this thing. But I think it's because she's trying to catch the other Chitari thing like she did in the movie. There's Iron Man jumping out of or falling out of uh, the tower with I think it was the Mark six or Mark seven Mark seven that caught him when Loki threw him out. When you build this, you will when you see the interiors of this thing. Oh, oh, perfection. Every level has a different moment from the infinity saga in it it's gonna be so good oh i can't wait um i i want to get in touch with lego i'll only do this if they send it because if i spend 525 dollars on this thing i'm building this thing at my pace on my time and i'm enjoying the hell out of it but if lego wants to work with us on this i'm just saying i could see a live stream where i'm not allowed to get off the phase zero youtube channel until the set's done that sounds <laughs> that sounds like fun to me uh but if yeah, this is this set is going to be incredible. I can't wait till official images come out. We can really, really, because mm, this is just a sample platter. You know that full meal is going to be scrumptious. Oh, it's finally here, Lego Avengers Tower. I love one segment a week where it's just like Brandon Davis, like, let me talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> <but> yeah. <laughs> also, somebody's like ASMR, like tick just got tingled by all of that. That was, that was something else. <laughs> Whose game is it? <laughs> Jamie and Jen are like, what? What is going on right now? Listen, yeah. I love Legos. I don't know if I love them that much to spend that much money like in one sitting, but I think this is a very cool set and I hope that they do more like it because I think that it is very awesome. It is cool. I'm not a Lego person. It's the same way I'm not a game person. That's too much time that I that it does not interest me, uh, but I'm really happy for you. I've made worse financial decisions. <laughs> so. I, I, I respect and, and applaud paying for it. I mean, what else do you like? That's what that's if you have money, buy a Lego set. Come on. I mean, I should probably pay off my student loans, but <laughs> no, no. priorities. But, all right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we got to talk. Oh, wait, actually, before we take the break, before we take the break, before we take the break, let's talk about one more piece of news, that Wonder Man news that you added to the rundown. Oh, um, yeah. so we got uh, Wonder Man might be uh, donezo. Um, so as you all know, because you listen to our podcast, so you were in this this weird multiverse of Marvel content together with us. Um, the Watch podcast talked to MCU, the random Marvel Studios author, Joanna Robinson, also of the Ringerverse. And she revealed that she's heard they're trashing the Wonder Man project. And Joanna has been spot on on stuff for like two, like, like almost a year now. It's been a long time, longer than this summer. Um, and that would mean that Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, who's supposed to be Wonder Man, uh, the series wouldn't be happening. That would also fit with the restructuring of all the Disney Plus shows. We're talking about making season twos. You can't really make a bunch of season twos if Wonder Man and I don't know, uh, everything but Brandon Davis's Nova series because we want to <laughs> make him happy. We just came off the high, so we don't want to anger him too much. Would everybody be sad about the Wonder Man? I've always, J Jamie, I'm mourning the triangle. I'm mourning <laughs> I, the triangle. I, okay. I was so excited about this love yeah. triangle. I, I do want to clarify, though, because I did listen to this podcast, and she the way that trashing made it sound was that it might be like a Daredevil restructuring. It might not be completely done. It just might be that they are reconfiguring the show as they have it right now. And then, cause she also, I guess in the same interview kind of talked about like vision quests and some of the yep. other things that are rumored, but aren't officially announced and said like a lot of that is going to be changed going forward. So I, I'm not giving up hope yet. I think, I feel like we're still going to see this, even if it's just like a special presentation or something, but I, I don't think they're going to completely dump it. I hope not. Cause as Jamie was about to say, the love triangle. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see yeah. people kiss each other. Uh, sometimes I like when boys and girls kiss too. <laughs> I love the show. Uh huh. <laughs> we broke. Yes! We broke. Me. Yes! We broke. Me. We broke him. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I, I do. I, I, I'm glad you added this because uh, this is a good. I, I probably should. I should. I should have let you guys know this. I forgot to drop this into our little Slack channel. Uh, but next week on Phase Zero, Joanna Robinson is going to be here awesome. talking about this book. Woo! Uh, which I, I have picked up and I haven't read yet. I'm very excited to read it. So MCU: The Reign of Marvel Studios is the book she's promoting in this interview. Uh, and I was messaging with Joanna and I we ended up emailing and she's going to schedule to join us next week. Awesome. So that'll be cool. So everybody uh, in the in the in the listenership, if you can uh, pick up MCU, the Reign of Marvel Studios, and you want to know what we're talking about next week, I got to fly through that book this week. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be on the treadmill just turning pages. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so good. Good. I guess it was a good time to let let everybody. Yeah, I should have probably let you. I knew this for a couple of days, but I forgot to say something. Oh. That's my bad. There you go. Uh, all right. Take a quick break. Actually, you know what? I think we'll just save this Loki theory for t- tomorrow night's Loki show. Okay. I think that's what we'll do. It's a pretty cool Loki Ooh. theory, and I'm very excited to talk about it. But just in case anybody is wanting to stay spoiler free and they're listening to our Wednesday shows, we won't spoil it for you. We'll we'll have you tune Love in that. to tomorrow's mm-hmm. Thursday Loki show, which are, are are already awesome. But with this discussion being added, I'm actually pretty pretty cool, to, pretty excited to talk about it. So yeah, so all right, that's the show, Jamie. You're at the top of the screen. Anything you want to say uh, to wrap up? Phase Zero Season 3, Episode 42. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Excited for tomorrow's Loki episode. Follow me on Instagram, Letterboxd, and TikTok at Jamie Jirak or at Jamie Cinematics on Twitter. Today was fun. We laughed a lot. (laughs) Jenna Anderson, tell them what to do. It's at Hayes Jenna Lynn on social media. As always, go read some comics. There's a new issue of Scarlet Witch. It is the second to last issue before they rebrand as Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. So definitely check out that issue. And yeah, there are just a lot of really good comics, including Sensational She-Hulk number one. So please pick that up. Ooh, Aaron? It's at Slim Lake Horn on Twitter. Uh, you can find me there. We're doing a lot of fun stuff here in the old Phase Zero verse ourselves, trying to unearth what the heck is going on with all this stuff. But friend of the show, Yuri Lowenthal, told me to tell you, go play Spider-Man 2 this weekend. You owe it to yourselves. Go experience Spider-Man 2. That PlayStation 5 just been sitting there doing whatever, playing Rocket League, going through God of War again. There's finally something. Go do it. I hear it's amazing. I've, I've I've seen a couple good reviews for that one. <laughs> Seems like people like it. Yeah, seems uh, like it. Including comic books, Chris Killian, and there's a full video and there's a full review on comicbook.com slash gaming. Our gaming team is all over that. So go to comicbook.com slash gaming for more Spider-Man 2. Great plug there, Aaron. Uh, and that's our show. We'll see you tomorrow night. I'm very, very excited for our Loki episode. Thursday night, immediately after the episode. Uh, I think this one is about... I want to say 50 minutes. It might be, I don't know. I might be confusing it. Don't quote my runtime. I know the run times, but I don't remember off the top of my head how long episode three is. We'll let you know tomorrow morning what time we're live. So stay tuned on, on Planet X for, uh, for updates there. And we'll be live immediately after Loki for another bonus episode. Those have been a ton of fun. Tomorrow night's episode of Loki is fantastic. I really, really like it. Ooh, especially in the second half, it gets good. It gets good. All right, y'all. Uh, hit me up at Brandon Davis if you want to talk more. Leave a five-star review if you don't mind. Share us with your friend. Make your dog listen to us for an extra listen. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow night. Later. <laughs>